Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All August long, we're doing a Kind of Funny Patreon pledge drive and asking you to chip in on patreon.com slash kindoffunny if you enjoy the shows. For real, we're an 11-person independent operation, and we couldn't do it without your financial support on patreon.com slash kindoffunny. So thank you. This week in PlayStation, we're talking about how we change PlayStation strategy, our hopes and dreams for Insomniac's Wolverine, and all of your PlayStation questions answered. We'll have all this and more because this is PS I Love You XOXO. Yo, what's up? I'm Blessing. That's Tim Geddes. That's Barrett Courtney on the ones and twos. And this is P.S. I Love You XOXO, your weekly PlayStation podcast that you can watch live on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny or later on podcast services around the globe. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to KindOfFunny.com slash P-S-I-L-Y to write in with your questions, PSN messages, and more. And remember, Patreon.com slash KindOfFunny will get you the show ad-free, plus a bevy of bonus content. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Jedi Master Deadpool, Delaney Twining, and Logan Delaney, the Delaney Bros. Today, brought to you by Liquid IV, but let's start with topic of the show. Dots, 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 dots. Tim, it's a special episode of PS Love You. It is because I'm here. It's here. very rare that I get to be here yes. on the show that has the best intro. Yes. Kind of funny. Exactly, exactly. Very of course, rare. Greg's not here because Greg is busy. Mm-hmm. Janet's not here because she got bit by snakes. Mm. And so we had to reach down into the bag mm-hmm. and grab the MVP. Yeah. Tim Gates. To be on PS Love You. Can't spell MVP without Tim. Exactly. That's what they say. That's what they say. Tim? Yes. Because this is a fun episode. Because this is more, I think this is more of a laid back episode because it's in it. I like that. Because I'm here. Because also Starfield codes are out. Yeah. Right? Like there's so many things for us to be paying attention to and doing here. It's kind of funny. It's a busy time. I figure why not take this opportunity of Tim being on PS Love You to have a question bucket episode where people just write in because people hear me, Janet, and Greg talk about PlayStation all the time. All the time. But they don't get to hear Tim deep dive on just nah. random PlayStation topics. And I love that. Yeah. I love PlayStation. I'm you a love big PlayStation. PlayStation guy. You also like other things. You like Nintendo. I'm a big Nintendo guy. I hear you like Phil Spencer. Big Phil Spencer guy. I'm just a guy. You're just a dude that loves video games, though. It's true, man. Video games are cool. Yeah. And so we got a lot of questions in here. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. And we're going to start off with Sean Weatherly, who mm-hmm. writes in, and says, prior to the live service push from PlayStation, a number of people said that Sony would need to adapt from just focusing on third-person narrative action-adventure games. While it's still too early to see how this will affect the company long-term, adapting to push more live service games hasn't been well-received. How would you have adapted Sony's strategy heading into the PS5? Rather than the live service model they've seemingly adopted, would you have changed anything at all, added more variety in subgenres, or just kept doing what they were doing? Tim? How would you have changed PlayStation? That's a, it's a great question. I'm firmly of the belief that while similar, the PlayStation Studios games aren't the same. To look at Last of Us and Uncharted even, they're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. They can be very similar and you can describe them in very similar ways. 
But when you really start talking about what the game is, how the game plays, like the experience of it all, the similarities for the most part are more about quality of experience mm. than they are about anything too specific. And to me, I feel like they don't need to change anything because clearly the games are selling well, they're being reviewed well, and they're being talked about very well from the gamers out there. Even the games that aren't necessarily all three of those things, something like Days Gone, which is still in the same vein as uh, some of the games I already mentioned, but the audience loved it, mm -hmm. right? Even though you can look at all them, there's a lot of Venn diagrams when it comes to the PlayStation Studios games. So you can be like, oh, they're all third person. Oh, a lot of them have to do with zombies. A lot of them focus on shooting. A lot of them, whatever. But I don't think all of them have too much in common besides quality. Mm -hmm. So I'm not mad at that at all. And honestly, I feel like with the amount of talented studios that PlayStation has under their belt and the clip at which they've been able to release these games, I don't feel like they step on each other too much for it to feel like we're getting samey experiences. And it really does feel uh, like they are learning from themselves and each other with each title that they put out. And I love that the the experiments PlayStation's had in the last couple of years of the smaller experiences like a Miles Morales or a uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. So that's the direction that I wish that they would continue yeah. going down even more. So in my opinion, I feel like they're doing all the right things. All this multiplayer talk, all the games of the service, live service, all that, that's not for me. I'm waiting for them to potentially convert me. Otherwise, I think Last of Us Factions is the one I obviously have my eye on the most. The rest of them don't interest me at all. That's okay, because I don't think that they're going to be in the way of the games that I do care about. I think that they're still coming. I'm still convinced we're going to get a PlayStation Showcase at some point in the next year oh yeah okay uh, the next year i mean just being realistic about the way they've talked about pushing back their financials and um uh, delays of games internally and all of that like i think that just pretty clearly states that the games are being worked on we're just not hearing about them yet but we're gonna hear about what all these teams are working on and it can't just be these multiplayer games i just do not see that being possible with how money is made in this industry how reviews happen in this industry and just like the overall um, level of dominance PlayStation has mm. in terms of the games we're talking about, which are the Naughty Dogs, Insomniacs, Gorillas. Like, we just expect greatness from them at this mm -hmm. point. Yeah, I, I echo a lot of the stuff you're saying. One of the things that you mentioned that would probably be my main answer for this question would, would be to look back at the Uncharted Lost Legacies and the Miles Moraleses. I wish we got way more of those. Like, I understand video games are hard to make, and like, there is this focus that you want to have of, hey, like, you know, you want to have those big moments. You want to have those God of War Ragnaroks. You want to have the big Ghost of Tsushima's and all that stuff, right? But, like, I really, really like the idea of a God of War game that is focused on following through as a character. Throughout, I forgot how to say her name. But, like, that character that was introduced, Thor's daughter, who's mm. so cool, such a wonderful character. I think there would be something really cool there to give her a game that doesn't have to be the 25-hour God of War Ragnarok that we had, right? If it is a... 10-hour campaign that is building off the building blocks of what you had with God of War and, like, taking those similar systems and finding a combat system that works for her. Like, I mean, she has Mjolnir, right? And so that would work similar to what Kratos' axe is, and you don't even need to give her another weapon. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just make it Mjolnir, right? Yeah. And have that be the thing. I think there would be such a wonderful game there, and I think you could do the same thing with pretty much any of, like, the big first-party stuff, the Ghost of Tsushima's, the Horizons, right? Those smaller I mean, Legends, I think, is actually another great one to bring yeah. up. Ghost Legends, right? Yeah, like Ghost Stream of Legends was such a fun one for me. And again, that goes back to what are what is it that your studios are, studios are doing? What is it that they enjoy doing? What is it that they're good at doing, right? And like my 
complaint with PlayStation, I think kind of getting at, at what Sean's getting at here in terms of, uh, you know, prior to the live service push, a number of people would have said that Sony would need to adapt um, just focusing on third person narrative action adventure games, right? Like that being the thing that PlayStation does. I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se, but I think there's a level of freshness, fresh, freshness and experimentation that is nice to see with something like Ghost Stream of Legends or something like Returnal from mm -hmm. Housemark, where that that is honestly the other thing I'd like to see more is PlayStation taking chances on studios where it's, oh, we've worked with Housemark before. We know what their talent is. Hey, what if we allowed them to go full Housemark? Like, what if we gave them the budget and the push to take their talents and push that all the way? And Housemark did it and they made Returnal and Returnal was incredible. It was fresh, it was different, and it was successful. Right, at least critically successful, and I think it sold well for what it was as well. I would like to see more of those, right? Yeah. And like, there's a balance you're seeing where PlayStation, Play, PlayStation published first party Returnal. There's also the Strays of the World and uh, Sifus, and PlayStation's not publishing that stuff, but they're giving those things pushes. Totally, I would like to see even more of that of the doubling down of, hey, let's actually give you money to make something for us, and we'll call it PlayStation Studios. Yeah, and I, I think that we're going to continue to see that. I would be interested to uh, look at like the budget and sales figures of a Lost Legacy or Miles Morales, and how that compares to um, the the big game spider-man and uncharted 4 for example um but with that too i feel like the the budget is even used differently because a lot of the assets are already created you already have the majority of the cast kind of set so it's like a lot of the work is already done so you can kind of like do work you'll want to do as yeah. opposed to the work you have to do for at least a percentage of um the at the beginning of the the creation of what the game the vision of the game or whatever that is i feel like uh people inherently look for patterns in things and when they can identify a pattern you kind of lock onto that and uh try to, to be able to to predict what's going to happen next or um to criticize oh they only do this or they don't do enough of this just based on patterns that you can kind of recognize so mm -hmm. looking at playstation having all these games again i kind of look at it where i'm like is it really a problem when they're delivering mm -hmm. and like when they're delivering and that deliverance creates money that then allows a push for a stray or a seafood something like that where they they can kind of like use that space to they know they're going to get the eyes on a big naughty dog announcement in that same state of play they can also put focus on these other games that they are pushing that are totally different smaller titles bigger titles different things from different teams um and it's, i think we've seen a lot of this from playstation studios in particular of hey gorilla's known for this one franchise now they're trying horizon it is this new ip and the funniest thing is like people want new ip but once a new ip comes out and it's successful it then becomes a franchise yeah. and there's only so many teams out there and at the end of the day people love franchises people love sequels and there's going to be more inherent excitement about a sequel to a known quantity that people loved than to a new idea that is unsold yet it, mm -hmm. it, it's 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 more potential potential is very exciting I think PlayStation, in my opinion, has done a very good job of bringing up new IP. It might not seem evident when you look at just two years of PlayStation, but when you look at 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, I think that they've had a very demonstrable showcase of being able to create franchises. Yeah. And that starts with new IP. And I think, I mean, I, I think it feels like it's slowed down because video game development has gotten longer, right? We were talking about this recently. If you look at Rockstar and Rockstar put out GTA 4 in like 08, Red Dead Redemption in 2010, GTA 5 in 2013. And it's like, well, you put out three huge games in a five-year span. That's insane. Whereas now, between la from Last of Us to um, Uncharted 4 to Last of Us Part 2, right? And like, I guess Lost Legacy in there. That's like 
a lot of years for like for those two franchises right but like still like that takes a that takes a time to build up right mm-hmm. like you can't just bust out new ips every other year of your studio because it might take you four years to put out a sequel right mm-hmm. like i think the exciting thing is talking about rumors and um and stuff of ne- the next naughty dog game that isn't last of factions right like is the next naughty dog game going to be a new ip and that is very exciting right mm-hmm. i think that is where the exciting thing comes in of hey now that the studio has has made and it feels like completed these two things right at least completed uncharted and and has gotten to this point of last of us where you can say all right let's take a break from this for a second you you then get to see them maybe turn to something else and go all right let's make something new and that gets really exciting i can't wait to get to the point with uh gorilla to where gorilla is now about to announce a new ip that's gonna be hype as fuck right Mm -hmm. because as much as i love horizon like cool you're telling me the guys who made horizon are now working on something different oh i can't wait to see what that looks like um and i think people have that hunger and desire for that but the fact is games take a while to to make and the other side is people also want last of us 3 a lot of people do and so i feel like that's the playstation studios is in a great place because again with rare exception they haven't missed like and even a a miss like a day's gone is only a miss by certain standards it's Mm -hmm. not a miss by all standards which you can look at games and be like oh this was critically not well received this didn't sell well and uh, the audience didn't like it. Mm-hmm. A lot of games are that way. PlayStation Studios doesn't really have those, right? Mm-hmm. Like for the most, I'm, and, and I'm there's sure there's exceptions does. like Destruction All Stars yeah. and shit. Exactly, and, yeah. and there's always going to be those things. But like, at, at a certain point, it's not fair to separate them from all the ones that win. But there's so many that win, so many franchises, so many teams that are working on these, and I feel like that's where it's like, hey man, let let the teams work on what they want to and. As long as they're hitting those marks, it's like, if it's not, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I feel like that's the biggest fear of this seeming push into the live service and multiplayer side of things, where if it's in place of what we love and, and expect, and that's not necessarily what those teams are wanting to put out there, that's where there's a problem. But that's a lot of ifs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel you. Tim, you mentioned that you really love the PS Love You XOXO jingle. I do. Connor M writes in and says, hey, Tim and Bless, one question. Why is PS I Love You the only kind of funny show to not use the kind of funny jingle in the intro? It's an awesome intro, but I do miss hearing the recognizable theme. I really love and appreciate the fact that uh, you care about the kind of funny jingle. The jingle is very important to me. I very early on in kind of funny was like, I want a brand identity for kind of funny that every time we have a show, if you watch the intro, you know, it's us, even Mm -hmm. if kind of funny is not in the name. And I'm a big fan of the entire experience of branding, right? When you look at like Kind of Funny Live, I think is a great example of just like, it's authentically kind of funny. I want a jingle to be able to uh, be any style, any genre, any anything. And you know, it's kind of funny. This is what this is. Um, P.S. I Love You predated us finding that jingle. The jingle actually came from the Kind of Funny animated theme song mm-hmm. like little end little uh bit and uh, uh cory mcmaster who is uh, an incredible incredible composer uh he now uh, i don't know where he's at right now but he's worked uh at respawn he's worked at playstation um and he's just a badass uh in, in terms of sound design and, and music and all of that he actually composed the animated theme song um overall and then um took the, uh, the jingle and we worked together to be like this is the kind of funny jingle this part let's adapt into a bunch of styles but that was years after P.S. I love you, which we knew we needed to, when we were bringing it back after Beyond, it was mm-hmm. like, we got to hit this hard and it has to be awesome. And the PlayStation opening sound effects are so iconic and so important to the lore 
and ethos of PlayStation as a brand and its identity to kind of funny IGN, however you want to look at it. Um, I had found this uh, music artist that I really liked that would do 8-bit kind of hip-hoppy remixes mm. of pop songs. So like taking Imagine Dragons songs or um, Britney Spears songs or like pretty much anything. Uh, the Eagles, Hotel California, uh, named Rockus, which is R-A-K... O-H-A-U-S, I think. Okay. Um, and he's so freaking awesome. He still puts things out. Uh, you can check him out on YouTube or, or anything. And I remember hearing a couple of those songs and hearing like melodies and like just musical lines that I was like, oh, this is dope as hell. This drum beat's dope as hell. I literally hit him up and I was like, hey, can you make a quick like uh, 30 second or less intro that incorporates, and I sent him all the PlayStation um, sounds. Mm -hmm. I was like, in this order, chronologically going through all the PlayStation's life cycle, with the drum beat that sounds like this from the song you did, and a melody thing that with uh, a thing that from this song sound you did, and he's like, let's go. And then he made this, and I'm like, it's the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah. So I don't know that we're ever gonna get rid of it, just because it's, it's, slapped, it's that thing is, is it's also just so good. It's right? so good. Like ah, they're is playing it right now. Come on, dude. Ah. It's so good, and then Nick crushed it with the uh, um, the motion graphics yeah. to go along with it, and like the, all you, what you see on the set here. Like, I don't know. There's an identity to it that I just I really, really love and appreciate, and in the way that it's been able to to grow and change with us. Like the original PS I Love You was based on the PS4 color scheme, and I mean you can even uh, see it on the logo. Like it's a PS4. Yeah. You know. Uh, behind the, the I love you there. Uh, but then when we brought it back with you, we're like, we want to give it a new fresh identity. So we went back to the beginning and it's original PlayStation 1 colors uh, mm -hmm. with the, the yellow, red, uh, blue, and uh, greenish teal going on. Um, but yeah, I, I love this stuff. And I, I, PS I love you's branding is like one of the highlights of my career. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like it's probably my favorite branding for a show. And like I, it's that thing where, I mean, because we're here and we work at Kind of Funny, we hear the jingle over and over and over again, like the regular Kind of Funny jingle. And like, I don't get tired of that, but like the, the PS I Love You jingle, I look forward to. Yeah. Like there's something it's about cool, when man. we started, I'm like, damn, this kind of, this laughs, this yeah. laughs. And it's so perfect. I would never want to get rid of it. It's so good. Chelsea writes in and says, hey crew, We'd love to hear more about how some exclusives get coverage versus others. As an example, most PlayStation exclusives get one to two videos covering a review, Q&A, or spoiler cast. However, Final Fantasy 16 has felt sidelined despite being one of the big releases of the year. By comparison, the latest games cast talked about planning for Starfield, so we as the audience know there will be multiple videos for it. Just would love to hear more about how the sausage gets made, since I selfishly wish Final Fantasy 16 got his time in the sun. It's such a story-heavy game, and Tim never got to, do to deep dive into spoilers, obviously, during the review. I, I want to so bad, and I really, we're trying to make it work. We're trying to figure out the scheduling. It all comes down to scheduling. Like, that's it. It's, it's scheduling interest at, uh, of the team, and you combine those two things and trying to find the right people, places, like, to answer all the questions, right? The who, what, how, when, why of mm -hmm. it all. And we have the shows that we have. We need to put out one episode of all of our shows every week. So it's like, that's already one piece of the parameter. Then it's like, who, who's available? Who's out on vacation? Who's sick? Who has a sponsored thing they have to do? Who is at a preview event? Who, all that stuff, right? You have to keep that in mind. Then you look at the day-to-day -day and you're like, okay, how much is our people on this day versus this day versus this day? We need to give them a break. They need time to play this game, to talk about it here, watch this movie, to talk about it there, watch this TV show, et cetera, et cetera. So there is a, and then on top of that, meetings to talk about the planning of, of all this stuff. And I feel like 
it really comes down to we oh and also we're completely at the behest of the studios and publishers yeah how many whoever. codes we get embargo when do we get the codes all, how many codes yeah uh what are the weird embargo stuff they give us yep um, can we, yeah can we even spoil it can like can we do a spoiler cast like can we do this can we do that like all of these weird things and like all it's never equal it's never as simple as like oh we can expect this we can expect that there's curveballs left and right so it's kind of playing within all of those things where if there's ever something that the audience y'all are listening to and you're like it's obvious they should be doing this thing why are they not doing it chances are we know that as well and we're trying our best to make that happen and if we didn't it's be there's there's some reason yeah. like there's some uh and the, the reason might just be man we just have too much that we have to do that the stuff we want to do might need to um, go by the wayside and like uh starfield's a great example of like i actually i don't know how much i can talk about stuff well, this is the other problem i don't know what i can say about something <laughs> yeah so to give an example uh for like the jedi fall or jedi survivor spoiler cast that we did earlier in the year like that was primarily because I was personally interested in uh, talking about the story. Uh, I know Greg was like the, at the time, the only person who had also beat it. So we had two people and then I went to Tim and I was like, Hey, I want to do this. Do we have time for it? And then it just so happened that week, like for games cast, like I remember Tim and like, yeah, I don't really have like a big topic. And if you guys want to do it and you guys think you can do it for like a 45 minute show, like let's go for it. And so it's like, it, yeah, it, it's finding, really like finding the time and the people and the interest and if it makes sense yeah. and all that. And so I think to the, some exclusives get coverage versus others thing too. I think it is just level of interest for a lot of these things. And also what makes sense, right? Where a Zelda tears, of the kingdom is one of the biggest games of the year. And it's a game that everybody wants to hear about. And like for that, we're going to have follow-up content on uh games daily or review roundup. We're going to mm -hmm. have, right. We might have a big, like, um, like oh sales conversation tears the kingdom sold this much that might be a games daily headline uh the following games cast was like the first games cast was my review right but the following mm -hmm. games cast was all right other people have gotten their hands on on tears of the kingdom let's talk about it there right and like that's a game that we wouldn't really talk about on ps love you or on an x cast and so we kind of have to make space for it and figure out how we're going to talk about it on other shows and barrett's video as well oh, yeah, yeah yeah barrett's video as well right and so like we think about these things in this way of what makes sense and also what is their interest for. But then there's other games where it well, is so just to keep going to Breath of the Wild. Go for it. We got one code. Yeah, you would, and and that was that was like a stressful thing, and we we expected that. That's normally how Nintendo rolls. Um, but we got one code, and there had to be a conversation of who's going to do it. You yeah. know, and that's a big deal. Like Zelda is a big deal, so a lot of us wanted to do it. But then it was a question of okay, we all want to, but who should, who could. What does that mean? Taking bless off of content for a week. Yeah. Does that make the most sense that week, you know, during an already busy time with all this stuff. So those factors I think are all at play at once. And it's like, I mean, look, we're looking at the next couple of months with Mario wonder and Spider-Man dropping the same day. We don't know when we're going to get those codes. We don't know how many codes we're going to get. And that, yeah. And that's something like how much time do we have to split between people? Because mm -hmm. Spider-Man two, I think is the kind of game where if we're able to get, everybody a code it'd be nice to have everybody play it and have that round table totally. review but is somebody gonna have to focus on super mario wonder is somebody gonna have to focus mm -hmm. on alan wake 2 right like those are the things that come into play and then also yeah to the point of shows a god of war um ragnarok for example gets a q a episode on ps love you because it's a big playstation game and so that makes sense and we also are if i went back right i'm sure we did the review roundup i'm sure we did like the sales number story too. Mm -hmm. But like also for a thing like spoiler cast, you know, that I think is very pick and choose because spoiler casts tend to not get that many views for us, right? Like that is done out of a we want to have this conversation. Like that's an enjoyment thing. They get 
hell of views because it's a perfect storm yeah. of timing, the amount of people that can actually have a, a quality, constructive conversation about it, or there's like some X factor. To I mean, it. usually, like yeah, we get a developer guest, on, yeah. you know, and, and that is completely out of our control. I want y'all to know how much we try to get cool people for cool opportunities and how often we are told no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how often we're told yes and we make a whole plan. And then last minute, we're told no for whatever reason. Like, it's just, it, it's tough out there. We're trying our best and like, we can always be better. There can always be more. We are 11 of us. And beyond that, there are part-timers. There are guests that we pull in and we're trying our best to get things done the best way possible. Yeah. And I think uh, us introducing the concept of lead reviewer, like we, we have our, the kind of funny scale and all that stuff. All of these concepts and all these things we're introducing are just to continue the, to find better ways to express our thoughts on stuff and how to get it across. And like, I see so many people discuss, like when we say things like, Oh, it's a four out of five. I love like a five out of five or like, uh, it's a, like a it's four. a lower three or it's a, a three. That's three. An okay. Versus a three. That's a good, that conversation is the point that it, it is like trying to get how you feel across, which is saying, Hey, you know, it's, it's okay. But it's like, ah, it's, I, it's, I was debating saying it was bad or I was debating saying it was great. Like whatever it is, it's like that to me is the whole conversation. Whereas the lead reviewer is the one that's like putting that out there, those statements, everyone else are just giving their thoughts, trying to get it all across. But mm. yeah, perfect world. Developers would give us all codes. I mean, well, we would have early. all the time. That's another thing that we didn't <laughs> mention about Final Fantasy 16 is that that game is what? 40 hours long. I've I, already forgotten yeah, how long it is, but yeah. it's a long game, which means that that's a tough game to have a round table review discussion on. Like you, you can't, tell every single person here that they have to play a game for 40 hours yeah. to like have it done. So like everybody can talk about it, especially if Greg's not enjoying it 16. I don't know how he feels about final fantasy. I don't even know how far he got into it, but like, you know, that's a, that's a big ask and there's other things that we need to do other games that we need to play. And yeah. so movies to watch TV shows. To yeah, watch, that's it. To do like, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a, there, there, there's a whole bunch. Um, but also again, to the exclusive thing as well, the other, the other reality of it is, too, is that I think, for our audience, more often than not, the exclusives are kind of the big games of the mm -hmm. year. Spider-Man 2 is going to be the highest selling game of the year. That happens to be a PlayStation exclusive, right? A God of War is one of the biggest games of the year. A Tears of the Kingdom an exclusive is one of the biggest games of the year. Starfield, an exclusive, is one of the biggest games of the year. And it happens sometimes where a non-exclusive is that, right? Like last year was Elden Ring. And Elden Ring, I'm pretty sure, got a lot of conversation. In fact, like that's the kind of game where if an Elden Ring was coming out today... I'm sure we would try to figure out a Q&A episode on a podcast, maybe 100%. a PS I Love You or something. But it's all about the scale and the, and the interest there. And like because, because of how the games industry is set up, right? PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo first parties tend to be these big events because they're putting in a lot of effort and a lot of production, a lot of value behind it, and a lot of people rally around those things. And so mm -hmm. that's how it shakes out. Uh, Gio writes in and says, so more often than not, when people are discussing the rumored PS5 Pro and why they're for or against it, I've noticed it seems as if one factor is completely ignored, and that's if it potentially takes away from the generational leap we'd see with the new console, i.e. the PlayStation 6. In other words, everyone debates whether or not they'd want to spend money for a Pro, or if it's even necessary, but no one discusses the potential diminishing effects of our excitement slash hype for the eventual leap slash specs of the following generation. Thoughts? I... I... I feel like I fundamentally kind of disagree with like the the premise there of the hype being diminished to a point that it would actually affect things too much. I think at the end of the day, now more than ever, it's about the games. Like I feel like all the, like we've gotten so high quality when it comes to tech mm -hmm. that pushing like more resolution and more gigabits and teraflops and all that stuff like 
we're no longer in, we're so far from the era of 2D to 3D. We're so far even from the like the Nintendo 64. The 64 is in the name because that was a marketing thing of like trying to make that a big deal. I feel like now it is more iterative and especially as this generation, I think, PS5, Xbox series, and even the Switch, where you see the big three focusing on ecosystems and accounts and digital downloads more than anything, where I truly believe that we will never get another PlayStation, Nintendo console or Xbox console that isn't tied to the accounts that we currently have. Mm -hmm. And I think that in some way, shape or form, our, our profiles, our games, our save files, all of that will follow us. You believe in Nintendo a lot. I mean, I do. I, I honestly think that they, that they, I hope so, man. they <laughs> built that out here. And it's like, it, like it would be, absolutely bewildering for them to not continue with the nintendo account that they have now and i feel like looking like people would be like oh yeah we'll look at the wii u and look at the 3ds and look at all that i feel like the switch is in so many ways them looking and be like yeah yeah, yeah we know yeah <laughs> like we are now trying to to get with the fucking program uh and and they have and i feel like they're, they're going to continue down that that road like honestly i'd bet a lot of money that nintendo makes a lot of weird decisions like i think that that is I don't think that there's even a chance that that's not the case for the next I hope so, dude. switch. And then what happens 10 years down the line, who the who hell knows? knows what even goes on. But like, I, I still firmly believe like they're building this out for a reason. There's money to be made in the subscriptions. There's money to be made in uh, keeping people in the ecosystem. The more complicated you make things, it's going to be bad. Um, so I think when it comes to the, the PS4 pro, that conversation we had years ago of like, what's this going to do? For developers having to create for multiple SKUs and stuff. And we kind of saw them work through that. Just this week, we're having this conversation yeah. about the Xbox Series S versus X. And that is the current gen console. That is not like talking about something new coming. That is talking about two versions of this current gen that came out at the same time in 2020. The same time the PS5 also came out. There's just realities to the way games are made and how they need to scale from lowest specs we even talk look at the pc ports of playstation games and talking about ratchet and clank and them saying it can run on a hard drive versus solid state drive it can yeah it's different you know and mm -hmm. xbox needing the parity and all this stuff i feel like we're in an era of the incremental increases and i think that how console generations work i don't think we're done with them i think we'll get a ps6 i think we'll get a next nintendo in some way i think we'll get another xbox but I do think it's going to get more blurry and messy as time goes on, mm -hmm. where I don't know that it's going to come out and be called the PS5 Pro. There might just be a new PS5 that comes out, and it's yeah. just the PS5. Yeah, I feel that. And that's the thing is, I think with the excitement slash hype thing, I think excitement slash hype comes more from marketing as opposed to just the tech and the specs. You know, I, I, if when, when we get a PlayStation 6, it's going to do more things than just be more powerful than the PlayStation 5. It's going to have a different controller. It's going to have a different UI. It's going to have a launch lineup. It's going to have the marketing beats of, oh, by the way, this piece of technology is in it that allows us to develop games in this way. Oh, by the way, this is able to run Unreal 6 or whatever. Like Whatever the big talking points are, PlayStation will find a way to make them, right? PlayStation will find the big things that they need to push in order to make it exciting. Like I think power is just one part of a, of a console jump. And like, to the question too, I don't even know if the next, yeah, the next iterative PlayStation, the PlayStation 5 Pro, quote unquote, I don't know if that's going to be a power thing, yeah. right? Maybe it is. We find an, another SSD to put in or like, I don't know. Honestly though, I feel like mm -hmm. that's, that's a, a, a very important thing to bring up is like what these iterative consoles look like don't necessarily need to be what the PS4 to PS4 Pro was. Yeah. 
because um, I feel like you look at even like the Switch, the OLED edition, right? That OLED screen is a game changer, and it's not different tech. Or, well, I mean, technically it is. It but is. It's, it's, it's not, not better. It's not it, a faster processing. Exactly. It's none of that stuff, but it, it makes the handheld experience radically different. The different size screen, radically different, right? Um, you look back even to the Xbox 360 when it had the Elite, just even having the way that it treated HDMI and, and um, being able to, to play things in HD differently than the Core 360. That changes the experiences of the games without it being this like actually upgrade middle ground kind of step, right? Um, and then then there's uh, the Nintendo side gets even wackier with the the new Nintendo uh, 3DS or that added the um, the the nub. C-stick, oh yeah, the little nub. nub thing. Um, or Game Boy, Game Boy Color, where it's like, yeah, there are exclusive games and it is better in this way, this way, this way, but. I just think there's a lot of options. There's a lot of ways to do things. And in a world where smartphones are the standard of how tech evolves and updates, and we are plateauing in terms of like what those big, we're running out of needs for things. Yeah. It's more like, all right, coming up with new ideas for new conveniences. But like, yes, like that's the thing is, I feel like I'm always waiting on PlayStation to tell me what I want. Like, oh, by the way, the SSD is going to do this. And me not even knowing that, like, that was an option. I'm like, oh, cool. All right. No loading times. All right. Let's go. I fucking love that. Hey, by the way, there's this thing called ray tracing. And it's going to change how lighting and reflections are done in video games. Cool. Didn't know that was a thing. But all right. I'll take it. Like, I'm waiting on PlayStation to tell me why I should care about the PS5 Pro or the PlayStation 6 when we get there. And I mean, to your point there, it's like it was the um, Xbox one s and the playstation 4 pro that introduced the concept of hdr to game yeah. as a whole and and what they can can look like and me being a big tech guy um i ate crow on that where i talked so much shit when the xbox one s was talking about uh at, at e3 like hdr i'm like HDR is a fucking camera thing. Like, what do you, how's this going to affect video games? And it was because the TVs weren't ready for it then. Mm. Well, guess what? It's just a few short years later, and yeah, HDR means a whole damn lot to me. And it really, really makes a difference between playing a game in HDR or not. But it also makes a big difference when it doesn't work and it's not well implemented. And I think that's the problem as we look at games like Jedi Survivor that even with all these fancy things aren't running well. Why? Is a PS5 Pro going to solve that? I'm not so sure. <laughs> Well, that's also because they're making an open world game and an engine that, you know, isn't equipped for that. So, yeah. I mean, tons of things, but it's yeah. like at the end of the day, if, if the systems that they're selling us, the tech and the systems that should be able to do this, this, this and this, and then the games can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a problem. Uh, DG Mayor in chat says, pay attention to PCs, then bless. Listen. I got that 3080 installed. Hell yeah. All right. So proud I'm, of you. Bro. I'm, I'm playing on an ultra wide Baldur's Gate 3. Oh my God. No, oh my yeah, goodness, dude. Man. And also, we can talk about it. We got codes in for Starfield. You think I'm playing that on an Xbox? Come on. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down on that ultra wide. I'm going to play that game. Probably. I got to figure that out. I'm not done it again. Like, I'm not touched the game yet. I don't know how. I, yeah. I just saw that we have codes. You're so, ultra wide, baby. That's Starfield of View. The Starfield you know of View. Oh, oh, crank yeah. out that FOV. That's what people Ooh. do with it, right? They crank That's it out. That's what they do. That's what they do. All right, cool. I'm just making sure I'm still new to this. Tim, yeah. I want to bring up this question about Wolverine. Please. But before I do, I want to bring up patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on Patreon. Of course, you can go and get exclusive shows like bless who that's a lie. Kind of feudy is what it's called. You can get that. You can get the next gen podcast. And also you can get so much more. You can also get shows ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you 
for our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Y'all know how much I love to stay hydrated and Liquid IV makes it easier and better than ever to ensure that I'm always living my best, most hydrated life. And you can too. Liquid IV, the number one powered hydration brand in America is now available in sugar-free with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone, and you can keep your daily routine exciting with three new flavors, white peach, green grape, and lemon lime. Let me tell you, the white peach is good. It's real good. We hear it kind of funny, swear by this stuff. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Real people, real flavor, real hydrating. Now sugar-free, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplayer sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code kindoffunny at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you use promo code kindoffunny at liquidiv.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Tim, we're back. With a question from Thunderstruck, who writes in and says, What's up, PS I Love You crew? 2023 has been such a great year for gaming, and it's insane to think that in just four months, it'll be, it'll be coming to an end. <laughs> that sounds like, like everything's coming to an end. It's just oh, a year. Yeah. Uh, last week's Games Cast talked about what's to come, and it got me thinking about Insomniac's Wolverine. If it were to hit 2024, or in a perfect scenario, what are your hopes for this game? Is it X-Men heavy? Does it focus more on Wolverine before he joins the team? Is it similar to God of War, or would you want to see a radically different take slash experience? Looking forward to hearing your thoughts, and keep up the amazing work as always. Tim, what do you want from Insomniac's Wolverine? Such good questions here. It's really funny because uh, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here, but it, it, it. It, it's all uh, related to this. There's a lot of conversation about the MCU, superhero fatigue, all of that stuff. And people are looking to, all right, we're in the multiverse saga right now. Whatever that means, uh, we're probably going to be getting a lot of X-Men related cameos and things like that. We know Wolverine, Hugh Jackman returning for Deadpool 3 at the very least. You've got to imagine Secret Wars, maybe other things, whatever. Uh, then people are really excited that at some point, X-Men movies are going to start coming out uh, under the MCU umbrella and all of that. And people are really excited for that. Of course, I'm excited for it, too. 
But I don't see that as the magic bullet that's going to solve all the problems people are having now that yeah. it seems like a lot of people expect it to be. Because we have gotten 20 years of X-Men movies. Before that, we had 10 plus years of X-Men animated series that, quote unquote, we all watched. Um, we all know these X-Men characters. We all have expectations of these characters. And it reminds me a lot of Venom, where you know, we've seen that story done over and over and over yep. and over. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, sometimes okay, sometimes different, sometimes the same, but just different enough that it's interesting. I have said this a couple times. I'm pretty concerned about Spider-Man 2 from Insomniac of a Venom story. Yes, we all want it, but mm -hmm. is it going to do something different and special enough that we're like, oh, wow, y'all really nailed it. And I keep going back to, I trust Insomniac. I think they're going to pull it off. But I feel like they're really putting it on themselves. They're like, yo, we're doing this. We're doing Venom, y'all. Yeah. And we're doing Venom, a character that we all love. But have we seen him done right in any major way recently? And when I say recently, I'm talking about the last 20 years mm -hmm. besides Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, especially, I especially in a, like, big like produced on-screen way. Like, okay, because I was going to bring up Ultimate Spider-Man because that uh, version in the comics kicks ass. But kicks again, I, ass. there's a lot of, like, iterations of Venom in the last 20 years, at least in comics. Really interesting and cool. But yeah, ad adapting that. To yes. the big screen. To the big screen is like, yeah, I think the main thing. I know video games aren't the big screen, but it's big screen. I don't screen know. though, too. Like, I would yeah. say spectacular. I loved, but in a lot, Venom in the, it, Venom feels like going through the motions in a lot of Spider Man stories. We know what's going to happen. We know, okay, cool. Peter's going to get the, the, the symbiote suit. Yep. He's going to act a little mean. A little weird. People, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Venom's Venom and he fights Venom and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. If it's that same type of thing, which again, I don't expect Insomniac to do, it's Can just going to be. Kind of rough. Can I put a? Uh, this is such a tangent. Yeah. But do you think there's anything, anything that references Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man Three movie in this game? Like, no. even if he just like, oh, if he has oh. the symbiote, like does like one snap, like one like. I mean, snap. yeah, I, like one dance move. Anything. Potentially, potentially. I, I don't think the. I, <laughs> I think it'll be less of a like on the nose type thing like that. I think it'll be more like a, a reference in dialogue or, or something mm -hmm. like that, or a song that plays. Like, we yeah. got shirtless Spider-Man in 2018. Anything can. Anything. anything I might pop off for that. <laughs> but. My point about Venom, mm -hmm. I entirely apply to Wolverine. We have seen Wolverine done so many times, both right, both wrong, both different, both the like same. I feel like most of the time, most of the time right, though, right? Like, I know Origins I mean, Wolverine exists. So, no. Like, but, like, that's, that's one. Yeah, but, I mean, like, I feel, oh, God. I know the X-Men movies are hit or miss. That, but that, that's I've not the seen the last few X-Men movies, but, being honest. But guess what? For the most part. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, mm -hmm. but there's 20 X-Men movie, <laughs> movies. But really... There's 18 Wolverine movies. Yeah. And the X-Men just happen to be there. And it just gets, because of that, I feel like we're, we're also inundated with Wolverine. And Wolverine means something different to a lot of people. So what they expect, what they want, I feel like is, again, a very tall hurdle for Insomniac to be able to cross. I think they got the stuff, and I think they can do it. So what I want from a Wolverine move, or a game is for them to just do a unique take on Wolverine that wows me which is such a stupid thing to say, mm -hmm. but I think that there's a lot of chances that it's derivative and things we've seen before and same old, same old X-Men type stories of how Wolverine fits in with them. And again, Spider-Man, story that's been done to death a bazillion different ways. And the thing about Spider-Man is mostly right. Mm -hmm. like, or at least there is a lot of right in Spider-Man. There are many good cartoons. There are many good movies yeah. and things like that. There are bad ones too, but there are many good. Many good games, many good comics, many good all of it. Um, but the game did something different. The game stood alone and was a great telling of a Spider-Man story. 
I think Insomniac can do that for Wolverine. Does it include the other X-Men or not? Probably not. I'm leaning towards no. Yeah. Like, like other mutants that we I, would know from X-Men? Like, I think they'll like, be mutants. I, well, I don't that, think they name drop X-Men. Here's the thing. Mm. I think there's going to be X-Men in this. Yeah. Why? Because of the Sinister Six were in Spider-Man. That's true. They just did it. They yeah. did. They did, did do it. it. But like people hated that. But I, I, I don't. But they did I, it. I don't know if we'll get like a suit-up moment with like Cyclops or anything like that. I, but, but like my thing is like, when does this take place? Because I've just assumed that this takes place before the X-Men are formed. I assume I this look is into like. It, I felt like we read a story somewhere where it was going to be like in the '90s or some shit. Mm. But I could be wrong about that. I know it probably changes per comic, but like about when were the X-Men formed? Well, I mean, here's the the the, the 60s, but okay. the, but that's that's the problem with comics and superheroes where it's like I you forget can do the whatever word you that want. they use, but like <laughs> the way that like comics like the characters age and it's always modern, even though it's like you know what I mean? Like yeah. like whatever. Like the ultimate comics were the two thousands and like were framed a little bit more about nine eleven and things like that. But um, and that's the big question with X-Men. There's, we're at a potential reset period for what X-Men means to people uh, as a franchise and as characters and as in the world. And I feel like Insomniac's game can be a, a lead the charge in that a little bit, of, like mm-hmm. defining what a modern take on X-Men actually looks like. Yeah, I think I mean, I think if we see X-Men in this universe, I assume it'll be, it'll be very minimal, like maybe a name drop. Maybe. Here we go. Bear brought up or brings up the. The story reportedly, according to Jeff Grubb, everything's according to Jeff Grubb, mm-hmm. take place in the years before Logan joined the X-Men. Although it's unclear how far into his life, uh, how far into his long life the story will ultimately enter from. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah I think, I mean, I think that makes sense. Because you want a story that's focused on Wolverine. You don't want things to take away shine, right? And, like, there are ways to do that and have the X-Men involved, right? But I think, I don't know. When I, You, you want to look at this as a... I don't know, like a X Men Origins Wolverine. God damn it! I, I God, why would you say that? Why would you do such a thing? But no, I think well, here's my thing. My answer to this question, right? Of like, what do I want? What are my hopes for this game? Because I see a lot of people online talking about I want this to be Insomniac's Last of Us. I want this to be a grounded, like narrative driven thing. I want this to be a certain thing. And like, I kind of want this to be fun as hell. Like that's my thing. Is I I think way more about what I love from Insomniac, which is fast-paced gameplay like arcadey gameplay i want this game to be fucking bloody i want this game to be bloody as hell and i want to have so much fun with the combat and like i want the story to be good right but i i jumped to gameplay i jumped to like what my special abilities could be i jumped to what is traversal going to be like am i going to be able to jump to like different parts of like the the um arena like using the wolverine jump i don't know does he have a does he have a super yeah jump? he has this fun little like thing and like yeah he jumps like there's, there's the uh he does jump like a wolverine special right? forget what's, what's it called god I'm i want to be bouncing all, oh, all over on. the place berserker barrage yeah. berserker barrage. see i want to be doing that so what shit. what's the, the the colossus throwing him there's a name for it there's something special um mm. i don't my i don't want a grounded um this is gonna sound like an insult to god of war i promise it's not an insult to god of war it's just different strokes right I don't want it to feel like a I'm a heavy Kratos type character and like it's that kind of combat. I don't want the camera to be close to his back. I want it to be pulled out, pulled out. I want it to be fast paced. I want to be all over the place. I want it to feel arcade. I want it to feel like Spider-Man, but I'm Wolverine. <laughs> Look, man, I, either of these sound great to me. I haven't even thought about what you don't want and how I want it. <laughs> yeah, you want the Kratos Dude, Wolverine you know, I, game? Yeah, like a, a, a more mytho- like I like 
Again, we're talking about what Wolverine means to people, and Hugh Jackman is a fucking Adonis of a man that is like six feet tall or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wolverine in the comics is an ugly short dude that's fucking catching there, and it is it is a lot more like, ugh, yeah. you know, like dirty, grimy, and like it does fit the more God of War type of aesthetic. I would love a like a 3D Metroidvania <laughs> type thing going on of him getting the abilities and like, oh, it could be freaking sick. Bear, but, is this the X-Men or- Origins Wolverine game? Hell yeah, it is. See, looking at this, I'm like, this is more along the lines of what I want. <laughs> <laughs> this would be awesome. I think this would be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I do think, though, like this, this I feel would. This is from a day and an age. Yeah. For sure. And and you know, Insomniac Spider-Man kind of feels like an evolution, uh, an X-Men evolution of um what. Good. Spider-Man what, games from this yeah era, of like what arcade superhero games were of the yeah the 2000s I feel and I feel like that's Insomniac's specialty I feel like they're yeah. good at that I don't want Insomniac I not that they wouldn't do a good job because obviously I think they I think they'd figure that out but I want it to feel an evo- feel like an evolution an X-Men evolution of what Insomniac has done before I want them to take what they're good at and really apply it to Wolverine you know, it's so I funny. I think they would knock that out. I mean, they definitely would. Make it going, bloody as hell, too. Going back to what we were saying in the, the first question, I think it was, of talking about PlayStation Studios and, and what they can do, should do, all of that. Oh, yeah, here we go. The iconic set piece. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think about the fact that this scene was Deadpool. in this game. Remember oh. when this was Deadpool? Oh, my. And Ryan Reynolds, too. Like, what a That's so God fucking bizarre. Work. The Merc with the mouth, and they sewed his and mouth shut. And they sewed his mouth shut, gave ah! two long blades. <laughs> that jump, dude, it's so awesome. Um, but I, I feel like in the same way we were talking about, you know, Gorilla uh, going from uh, Resistance. Resistance. Killzone. Killzone. I always fuck this up. From Killzone to um, Horizon. Yeah. After Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Spider-Man 2, I feel like it'd be kind of cool to get something that is a, a bit of a departure from that style of thing having said that i love that style of thing so that's my and i i think win-win baby i think if if insomniac were to do that i don't think it would be with wolverine i think it'd be with an original ip right like it goes back to what i this discussion i've had it was on ps lovey but i think i might have had it with you too i forget that like somebody was asking about what insomniac would need to do to get a game of the year contender like a 10 out of 10 everybody loves it the way that people love god of war and last of us and the thing my answer would be i would want them to go away and come back like Say, hey, we're not going to be keep churning out games and uh, churning out, out the classics. That's the thing. Churning out a very positive sense, right? Because Insomniac is a machine and they put out really, really, really good games, right? I think they would have to, to go, all right, let's stop this process. Let's make something original and like an original IP. Not that they don't make original games. I sound like I'm roasting them. Let's make an original IP, sit down and like take some time off from releasing games so we can have take our time and make something different and, and have special. like all hands on deck. On all it. hands on deck. Right. I think that's what Insomniac would need to do. But like with their current process, I feel like there's such a well-oiled machine of, hey, we know how to make really fun action games. Let's make some really fun action games. Having said that, though, mm-hmm. I do think that while having being attached to an IP, specifically a Marvel IP, I feel in a lot of ways hinders that game of the year ability a little bit just because of expectations in the same way that we're not looking at MCU movies for the most part and uh, expecting them to win Best Picture yeah. at the, 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 the Academy Oscars. Awards. Right. Uh, but then you get something like Logan, yeah, which is a take on a, a superhero character, but in a different way, uh, even though it's in the same genre. And in some ways, in the, in the case of this, directed by the literal same person that made another Wolverine movie that was half steps, but yeah. but more was it, similar. Was it the Wolverine? The Wolverine. I like yeah. that movie. <laughs> I, I do too. Yeah. Totally. But like, it's nothing compared to Logan. Sure, yeah. But it is also very comparable to superhero movies. The Wolverine feels like 
an MCU movie. It's like, of course, it it's like a Wolverine movie. movie when you watch yeah. it. Um, a little more violent, but overall, it feels like a superhero movie. Whereas Logan feels elevated. Yeah. I feel like Insomniac can do that. They don't need to. I, it, and I feel like the, because Logan's literally the thing I'm talking about here, it, like, it's like, well, no shit. But like, they, they could do something. Not the Logan story. The Last of Us type thing you're talking about, I don't think is the move here. We're talking pre. The, that's I think, late I, Logan. Honestly, I think what really we're going to get is something in the middle of what both me and you are talking about. Like, it's going to have that Insomniac gameplay. It's going to feel very fun to play. But I, I, Wolverine is a character you do have that opportunity with to make something more adult. I think the rumors were that it's rated M, or if, I don't know if we got confirmation or not, but like, you have an M rating there that you can that, that you can work with. You have a character that you can find really interesting stories to tell with a Wolverine, with a Logan, this character that like has, has lived a long time. Has lived a long time, right? Has made a lot of enemies probably in his lifetime. Like has there's so many interesting stories you can do with that. And you can tell something really gritty where you can get into a fucked up place if you want to if you want to go there. Um yeah, I, th- I mean I think what we're gonna get is somewhere in, in the middle of what both of us are talking about. And I think it's gonna be good. This game's gonna fuck. I can't I can't wait for it. Now that we talk about it, I'm, like, oh, I'm, I'm really excited for Woo! Marvel's Wolverine. Jesus Christ. Our next question comes from Jerica, who writes in and says, What game or studio will have the book end title of the PS5 cycle? Would you rather it be a new IP or a continuation of a major series? Book end title. title. I know that's like so far, far out, but Oh, you're saying like the God of War 2 on a PS2 type thing of like what's the last game on the console? Yeah, like I yeah. I, I, I last saw Last of it. Us on PS3. Yeah. Last was two on PS4. Or I guess Ghostshima. Yeah. I mean yeah. PS4 just kind of fucking the goddamn PS4 generation, man. Goddamn. Holy hell. I'll say it right now, I think it's gonna be Na- Naughty Dog's next game. I'm gonna yeah. say yeah, Naughty Dog's new IP. I'm gonna say Last of Us 3. Damn. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Last of Us has a history of doing it. Yeah, I think we get a Last of Us on PS5 from the ground up, new game. And I, I think that, that that's going to happen. Yeah, I think just for how long games take to make, it's hard for me to imagine that. Because what, we're almost three years into the generation. Let's say we got four to five more years left of it. Do I think Naughty Dog's going to make a Last of Us in the next four to five years? I don't know. I don't think so. I do. You think so? I think I think we get... I think the answer to this question is either Last of Us 3 or Cory Barlogs. Ooh, I like, like that, here. actually. I like that a lot. Fuck. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think it'd be yeah. one of those two things. Or we can hope and pray. It's Twisted Metal. <laughs> finally. <laughs> finally, it comes out. No, they're going to hold that for season two now. Good. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's coming out when? At this point with the strikes and stuff. Exactly. Ah. Yeah. Fluffy Cloud Gamer writes in and says, if PlayStation Studios gets a hold or got a hold of Nintendo's library, what game would you like to see them develop and which studio specifically would be in charge of the production of that game? My answer immediately would be House Marks Metroid. Fuck. I think that'd be really fun. Mm. And like, honestly, I'll put it on House Mark if, if they want to make it a Metroidvania or not. They yeah. can make a, a Metroid roguelite and I'll take it. I just think I know, yeah, I, Samus I, is such a that. cool character with a such such cool abilities that you can do really cool shit with, and like I think, I think House Mark would make a really interesting take on it because like Returnal is take Returnal, reskin it as Samus, reskin it as Samus, Metroid music, yeah, done. <laughs> they, they did it, yeah. I think I think House Mark already has so many of those, those elements nailed down. I, this is gonna be no surprise to anybody that knows me and my tastes. Mm-hmm. I want to see a Neil Druckmann, two D Mario, okay. Fuck yeah. You're he, insane. He loves 2D Mario. He gets 2D Mario. What would that look like? 
Wait, Luigi where is dies the, in the first Have you talked to him minutes. about 2D Mario? He just talks about it. Like where? he's talked about it before. About his inspirations about video games growing up and all that. Oh, like, yeah. Tweet and stuff. I've like, seen I've seen the Yeah, I, I feel like that would be really, really interesting. Because I, I feel like 2D games have so much space to get fucking weird as hell and wacky and creative in ways that we that they still haven't done yet. Um, but I think it would take an outside mind of somebody that has made games that are completely the opposite of that mm-hmm. to kind of apply some fun logic to it all and, and, and make something real special. And we keep, we've been talking about this a lot recently, but Celeste is so special because I feel in a lot of ways it did that. Like yeah. Celeste is the last of us of 2d platformers to me. In terms I get of what you mean. Applying yeah. <laughs> emotion and story and like impact to gameplay. Yeah. And, and polish and the whole the music affecting the, like how good it feels, affecting all things. It's like, there's just something about the cohesiveness of it all. Um, but it lacks my boy Mario, you know? It's fair. Mm. That's fair. Tim, speaking I, of music. Oh, I, sorry, Barry, do you have one? I want Insomniac to make a Wario game. Ooh, what kind? Like 3D Wario or 2D Wario? I don't know. I like want Wario them to Land? have fun. I want them to like lead the kind of direction on that, where they would take it, right? Mm. Just because I think they've got... You know, in the past, especially with like, you know, they got games like Ratchet and Clank. And then what was the one that they did for Xbox? Sunset uh, Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive. And even like just the vibes of Spider-Man. I think they like their vibe as like a creator and like the kind of games that they put out, I think would fit really well with like how goofy they would want to get with any sort of Wario game. Just I think that's give them that IP and like just let them have fun with it. Super Wario Brothers. That's good. Wario yeah, Luigi. Dude. Somebody in chat says Team Asobi 3D Mario. And I'll take it a step further. Give me a Team Asobi Donkey Kong. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Then we can I'll finally get some well designed characters in one of their amazing games. Fuck you. God damn it. Do um, you, do you damn need it. me to pull up a picture of Lanky Kong? I'll do it. Please do. Wait, are, do. Lanky Kong is well designed. Yeah. Okay. That's I, what I'm saying. Just as long as we're. No, no, no. He's talking about Astrobot. He doesn't like how Astrobot's designed. Oh. I'm going to put up a picture of Astrobot then. I'm giving props to my, my donkey boys, my Kong boys. I thought you were going to bring up a comment that, like, hurt my soul. Mm-hmm. Royal Martin says, Gorilla, make Pokemon. Legendaries are like the big robo dinos. I, I hate that you put that thought in my head. With how like, beautiful like that, huh? a Horizon mm-hmm. game, like, Horizon's lush, beautiful landscape. Yeah. Can you imagine Scarlet and Violet looking like that? Looking like Horizon? Can you I can, yeah. Running that well? <laughs> I can, yeah. And it hurts me, too. That's why I try not to. Oh, that would be my answer. Bring up Astrobot again. Hold on. Because like, I don't wrong. understand how Tim cannot like this guy. He's such he's a so, guy. He's perfectly designed. He's just He's not, so man. perfect. No, dude. Especially like, because now you can put anything to him. Now he's like Kirby, right? Where you put a Aloy hat on. Ugh. All of a sudden, he's repping Horizon. You, put a, you give him a Kratos he's, axe. He's PlayStation's Kirby. It's official. But, like, but I, I, he's like PlayStation's... I wanted to be PlayStation's Mario. He's right? not. Though. I wanted to be no, the main no character. No one can anybody be PlayStation. I love Astrobot so much, man. Yeah. I got passion for this little guy. There's something that is just so unbelievably generic and wrong about this little no. thing. Astrobot is honestly like one of the even the PS. It's one of my favorite PS5 games. Period. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Just hate this character design, man. Oh man, Tim's a sinner. The easy answer for for this would obviously be. Um, <clears throat> Legend of Zelda by Sony Santa Monica. Mm. That also hurts. Yeah. Wait, Legend of Zelda. 
because like mm-hmm. not like a modern open world game, but like bringing More of a it traditional back. action adventure. Yeah, Dude. traditional action adventure dungeons and shit. Oh, like you know that. what? Yeah, if it's a classic Zelda, I could be yeah. down for that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, Sony Santa Monica making a classic Zelda would be sick. Yeah. Like an Ocarina of Time type game. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be really good, actually. Who does uh who did um the motorcycle zombie game? Oh, Bend? Yeah. What 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 could they do? What project uh, could F-Zero. we Zero. F Zero. F Zero, but there's a bunch of zombies in it. Right. Well, what they say Have in the game? F-Zero? Ride me, ride me like one of your spaceships. <laughs> oh, I've not played Days Gone, Tim. Oh, honestly, give them Wario. Give them the Wario uh, IP. And see what oh, they can Jesus do that. Christ! Yeah. Just give everybody Wario. You know, who could make a Star Fox? Ooh. Oh, Star Fox. Well, the Gran Turismo team. Yeah. See, I would say also um, House Mark. Fuck. Yeah. Ah, that's it, dude. Yeah. That'd be really... Oh, yeah, because they have done, like... I mean, their other arcade games have vehicle shit. Like, Here's my problem. Been, yeah, but it's also, like, a Star Fox, like, shmup kind yeah, of all thing. The, like, all the, like, yeah, all the... Yeah, bullet into that. Yeah, with, that'd like, be really good. Shit. I think from a gameplay perspective, uh, they, they would absolutely nail it. The problem is Star Fox needs high-quality, super fun characters in writing. Mm-hmm. And I think they can do that. I, I haven't seen that Yeah, in my experience. I mean... I'm not doubting them. I'm just saying, like... It's their their Returnal in his narrative was un, was non traditional, but I think if they if I think if they went that direction, I think they could nail it because mm. I like the story of Returnal because they give the energy and the vibe like their arcadey games, uh, uh, Non. yeah like they they have Matterfall. a certain en- energy and uh, in that quality that I think could f- they know from their past that they could like work towards a Star Fox. I believe in them. This is a fun topic. I would get an Astrobot tattoo. <laughs> you want not, me to bring him up again? I'm now realizing how much I love Astrobot. I fucked up Look by not. Him. I fucked up by not having Astrobot on my top ten PlayStation games list the other, a few weeks ago. You fucking did. I, I fucked up. I think did. Janet did, so she made up for it. Because Astrobot is so. You should, we got to get you Astrobot Rescue Mission, Tim. It will change your fucking life. I know. I need. It's such that. a good game. I need. I love that I haven't played it. I love that there's this amazing game out there. Yeah. That no that, one like, do in your taste, it's my such taste, a Tim and how they game. align. And I'm like. I know that I have a fucking bona fide classic, yeah. but I still have an experience. That's very exciting. And like you played Astro's Playroom, so you already have a taste. You know oh, what I it's going to be. Dude, it's so good. Jay- I, you know what? Mm-hmm. When uh, Project Q comes out, I think I'm going to maybe I'll replay through uh, Astro. Astro's Playroom? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. It's been long enough. I feel that sounds it. sounds fun. The two hour game, three yeah. hour game. Fuck yeah. Do it. Jay Maskey writes in. And says, what PlayStation Studio has the best OSTs across all their games? For me, I enjoy Insomniac's musical choices since they joined Sony. This I mean, studio has the best OSTs. Honestly, like Insomniac is a great call because, like, I I listened to the um the Peter theme, Miles theme, and the Greater Together theme from Spider Man Two. They released a couple weeks ago, almost daily mm-hmm. in in recent times. And there's just so much versatility to them. And like the fact that we, we spent a lot of time on this episode talking about superhero stuff and Spider-Man and all that. But like Spider-Man has a lot of iconic themes. Yeah. And I love that, that like different eras can mean something different and sound different. And Insomniac Spider-Man, one of the things going for it is it has an amazing theme that fits the character and sounds different than an MCU theme or different. And not just like in, in terms of sound, but in terms of like it makes the character, it belongs to this version of spider-man um so yeah i think insomniac is a great answer i think that um naughty dogs naughty dogs you know um last of us themes i think last of us has the best playstation studios theme 
I mean, look, it, it, what I love is that I wouldn't even want to argue with you on that. Mm -hmm. But I also think Uncharted is so damn good. The Uncharted, mm. the use of instruments that are unique Wait, to it. What's the Uncharted thing? I keep thinking of Indiana Jones. Bam, 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 thank you, thank you. Ooh, yeah. Bam, bam, yeah. And the, like, the different ways that they use it for different scenes fuck. and stuff, especially in Uncharted 4. And, uh, I don't know if they use it in Lost Legacy, but Uncharted 4, fuck, man. It's Come so on, good. The, the answer to this question is Naughty Dog. <laughs> because like, of those things. I mean, Uncharted and Last of Us? What I think is important, and me being the big musical nerd that I am when it comes to this stuff, is I think that when you can make an instrument or a sound iconic that in one second you know what the franchise is and you feel the vibe mm -hmm. and both uncharted and last of us in very different ways with the like the horns and the vuvuzela type stuff going on in, yeah. in uncharted and then you got the um string the, the strings the mandolin is that what that is oh i don't know uh, whatever it is it's last of us man like i love that and again that's not to take away like amazing orchestral scores and stuff like we're talking about insomniac we were talking about Spider-Man, not even bringing up Ratchet and Clank that I think has so much fun with its style as well. But I can't think of Ratchet and Clank's theme song. Right I feel now. that. Do you know? I I'll can think of their vibe, but yeah, not vibe. Yes, I can't theme. think of a song from Ratchet either. But I, yeah. I can think of uh, Horizons. Horizon oh, has a really good theme. Man. Yeah, Horizon has a oh, really, really good it's, theme. It's in the same way that the the instruments I'm talking about. We, we have that that the, the vocal going on there. Halo having the choir. You know. Yeah. Like, Speaking of which. Not all their games, but God of War 2018 and Ragnarok. Yeah, Fuck good it. soundtracks. Yeah, dude. Really good soundtracks. Also, Great shout out soundtrack. to Returnal's music, Returnal's OST. I think it's a bit, like, just a little bit underrated. But, like, when you're in the combat and the fucking music kicks in, I get I get chills sometimes. And then also shout out to Team Asobi, because the Astrobot music is great as well. SSD. The GPU. I learned so much about technology through that game, through that game's OST. You know what a GPU does? I do now. We're such useless people. You know what SSDs do? <laughs> SSDs nuts. All right, let's oh see my here. God. I knew, I somehow <laughs> knew that we were going to get somewhere like that. Uh, I think we had time for one more question. I'm, I'm trying to look if there's any ones that stick out to me. Remember the first time we heard the Miles Morales theme when that trailer dropped? It went hard. That was that went real hard. Yeah, it was all the purple was the, shit going on. The bridge fight was that the one that had like the hi hats and it was like, yeah, yeah dude. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna close this out with a question from Co-op64. He says, "Is this gonna be looked at as PlayStation 5's best year? Although there is go only going to be one first party banger with Spider-Man 2, does Final Fantasy 16 exclusivity and Baldur's Gate 3's uh, timed console exclusivity, um, seemingly for the rest of the year, make this PS5's best year?" With great third party rounding it out with RE4 Remake, Dead Space Remake, and others, I think this year stacks up as, uh, better as a PlayStation gamer than the end of 2020, 2021, and 2022. Thank you for what you do, Co-op64. Oh, man. I, I love that I don't know the answer to this question because uh, I feel like it definitely could be. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it is, but it's Sony. It's probably not. <laughs> They probably got more coming. Man. Oh, like, more coming. Like, look at the PS4 of, like, how it built, where I feel like there was multiple years you'd be like, this is definitely its best year, mm. and then they pulled some other shit out. I think, for me, last year, on the PlayStation side, I think I'm going last year over this year, because last year had God of War Ragnarok at Horizon Forbidden West. It had, um... At Last of Us Part 1, which I know is a controversial one, but I fucking loved replaying through Last of Us Part 1. And then on the third-party side, you had Elden Ring. Oh, you also had Sifu, for, like, which... Like, was it exclusive at the time? You also had Stray, great game. Yeah, it's Stray. Uh, I'm going last year. Although, what was 2021? 2021 was, was Returnal, Ratchet, uh, Deathloop, 
Fuck, dude. They've had some good years so They've far. They've had good years, but yeah, I mean, I think this year, there's, there's just so much shit. I'm yeah. I have party. a feeling that this will be the best year for the next couple of years. Because I mean, yeah, we, we have this whole all. strategy with this whole multiplayer stuff going on um, for the next couple of years. But so we also have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth next yeah, year. Yeah, Seven true. Rebirth. And if they hit Listen, Wolverine, fuck. And Wolverine hits, let me tell you. And Con- Concord, game of the year. And Death Stranding 2 is going to come out someday. Yeah. Someday. Wouldn't be surprised if it's next year. Kojima's heading <laughs> in a video right now. That'd be pretty sick. You all see that? Yeah, yeah, I saw the, what, he's just sitting with the Rotten Tomatoes tomato on his desk. But the thing, the important thing, Bless, mm-hmm. is his uh, screen behind it. And he's editing something he in Premiere. He has He's at, and when no. Kojima's editing something... Can you pull Can you pull that up, actually? You pulled it up during Games Daily, but I didn't get a chance to actually see it. Because y'all were talking about, I think, like, uh, could Kojima show up anywhere yeah, like, uh, soon? I so mean, look, if Barrett, like, you're nailing it here. It's like, if he's editing something, it's a trailer. If he's editing a trailer, it's Death Stranding 2. And if it's Death Stranding 2, it's going to be a Gamescom. Yeah. I know. That's why well, I sent what, it to KFGD. What about Tokyo Game boy. Show? You don't think yeah, it's going to be a Tokyo uh, Game Show thing? No, possibly. No. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bet that's a very show. complicated, uh, you know, premiere timeline going on back there. So he's just, he's just editing the movie, the Death Stranding like, movie. The, the problem with Tokyo Game Show as a prediction these days is there's not a press conference. Mm. Mm. There is Twitter. I I know, but like that's I that ain't Kojima happening. likes to, to show his shit at it. Like Kojima's a, a man of pomp and circumstance. Oh yeah, true. and Keely. <laughs> I mean, that's all. So all the all those things are true. Yeah. I just know that the last opening night live, Kojima came out. And we got a podcast. And the podcast is dope. Shout out to that podcast. But he didn't have a game to talk about then. It's true. He got a game to talk about now. He got he a did. trailer to I show off. I think he had the, uh, whatchamacallit, the Xbox game he's working on. Yeah, we're working on a game in the cloud. We're working on a game in the cloud. I'm and then right, that at Xbox Showcase. That's true. Mm. There was nothing but, to say there. But also, was that, but was that the two years ago where he was talking about that? Because wasn't that the same year where he was like, yeah, I got to rethink how I write games because... I'm predicting the future too much. But I think that was specifically about Death Stranding too. Yeah. But I, no, I think that was in the same conversation. Like he uh, came on one year to talk about like oh, yeah, three yeah, different yeah. things. So I, I think, think that was last year. Kind of funny.com slash like, you're wrong. Yeah, I feel also like that was a year and a half ago. If you write into you're wrong, we're probably not going to see it. But still, <laughs> you know, do your thing. Tweet it at Barrett. At Game Over Greg. Tim, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Oh, yes, love man. you. Fun vibe today. Different vibe. Different I liked vibe. it, though. That's the thing. is, like, You got to switch things up. You got to keep people on their feet. Before we get out of here, I want to drop the PlayStation picks that dropped this week look like this. Picks, uh, picks, 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 picks. You got Everspace 2, Moving Out 2, Wayfinder, Red Dead Redemption, along with Undead Nightmare, Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew. The Cursed? The Cursed? The Cursed? It's up to you. Blessed. Uh, I called it Blessed Magic the other day. I was, like, streaming or something, and, like... I was talking about how, yeah, one character had magic that looked like blessed magic. And chat was like, it's called, it's blessed magic. No, fuck that shit. It's both. Is that it is like, because I always, in, in GRPGs, I always read it as blessed magic. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, is, is that me being like, um, I don't know. Like, yeah, me just, just, what's the word I'm looking for? Projecting? Is that me inserting projecting? Inserting yourself? Inserting myself? Yeah. No, like this is, it's a route route situation where like both are right. Cool. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for Oof. that. Rough. You know what I don't like? What's that? When people call wolves, woofs. Nobody's ever done that. No, they do. So many people do. So many people Barrett, do. Has, have you ever heard somebody call it <laughs> wolves? I could wolves? hear maybe Kevin doing it. I'm, I'm not calling anyone in, in particular. I actually don't think Kevin's one of the people. But okay. a lot of people Kevin knows. 
Mm. Was yeah, I've I do not believe I've you. gotten into fist fights with people over <laughs> was. I was yeah. like, you do that again, I'll punch you in Mr. the mouth. Mr. Hawks and Chaz, many it. many friends of mine do it. Yeah, I'm not making this isn't a dumb Tim thing. I swear to God, was. call them woofs, woofs, woofs. Madden NFL 24 and then the Texas Chainsaw Massacre are also dropping on PlayStation this week. So you had a fun week, but Tim, mm-hmm. my week with you. On PlayStation, I love you. No, that's not the show. God damn it. I was, I was so smooth that almost. Is, yes, I love you, XOXO. My week here with you is over, Tim. Dude, I was robbed of a full week of KFGD. I thought it was going to happen. No. I was on every single day. And then today, and then we had no. to switch I had to do this. Here. This goes back to the review conversation we were having earlier. Yeah. Schedules change. And it's like, oh, well, Tim can't be on all these things. Now, I was thinking about everyone. this after my meeting with Greg of mm-hmm. like, we created a problem by moving you to the show. Like, we were trying to solve a problem because we didn't have anybody for PSLW. So we were like, oh, we'll put Tim on PSLW. Mm-hmm. But then it became, oh, but now we got nobody for KFG because Tim was on KFG, but we got to mm-hmm. give him a break. And so we just get Tim for KFG. I'm like, can we just get Tim for this show? Yeah. But like, we just created another problem because we had wanted to solve one problem. But like, yeah, I was robbed. He could have been on KFG and we could have just had Tim on this show. Could have talked about Metal Gear. So many things could have happened. Yeah. Maybe they will next time. Next time. Tim. Mm-hmm. This has been PS I Love You XOXO, your weekly PlayStation podcast that you can watch live on patreon.com slash kind of funny or later on podcast services around the globe. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.